Hey, Vaughn, I'm doing great. How about you? I am good. I'm so excited about our guest today. How about you? I am as well. Just love her. Just love her. <laughs> yes, we know you love her and everybody, every other guest that we've ever had. But this one is truly special. And she just happened to ha- happens. To- oh, crap. Let me start over again. <laughs> All right, here we go. Take two and three, two, one. Hey, Ralph, how are you today? I'm doing great, Yvonne. How about you? I'm good. I am so excited about our guest today. How about you? I am too. I love her. Just love her, Yvonne. I know you love all of our guests. So today we do have a very special guest, Jennifer Morris-Jones. She is partner in Cranfell Sumner's firm in, in their Raleigh office and a member of the Risk Management and Workers' Comp Practice Group. And she's also a board-certified workers' compensation specialist. She is. She really knows her stuff. One of the best defense lawyers in the entire country. I mean, someone who really is an expert in workers' compensation. Clients absolutely adore her. She's so solid. Just incredible. And I have had the opportunity to work with her on a number of occasions, and I'm always so grateful uh, when I do have the opportunity. She's really special, um, just a great all-around uh, individual in our comp space. Like we always say, we're so lucky to work with amazing individuals. So without further ado, let's get to it. Let's welcome Jennifer Morris-Jones. Hey there, Ralph. Hey, Yvonne. How are you? I am good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's just a beautiful day out here. Busy, but just uh, grateful as always to uh, to be able to, and, and especially today. I'm so excited about today because guess what, Yvonne? I love our next episode with one of the most individual, fo- I mean, just the most remarkable individual any of our folks in the entire industry. Can I say that already? Can I just say it out loud? Well, you already said it. So it's out there. And so (laughs) everybody knows that Ralph is in sunny and warm Tampa, Florida. Today, I'm joining the podcast from really cold snow on the ground, Minneapolis, Minnesota. So it's kind of cold up here. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. <laughs> it's fun. Hey, every once in a while, it's nice to dabble in what how the other folks live, you know? <laughs> no, thanks. I'll take my 85. <laughs> <laughs> but so without further ado, let's introduce our amazing guest, Jennifer Morris-Jones. Hi, Jennifer. Hello, Yvonne. Hello, Ralph. It is such an honor to join you this afternoon. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And for our listeners, where are you joining us from? I am from North Carolina, where normally we are also enjoying Florida-like weather, but late fall, early winter has hit and it is cold. It is heavy coats, hats, gloves, kind of cold right now. Ready for some warmth and sunshine. Right, right. Well, so thank you again for joining us. And it's a special delight to talk to you because we've got a few exciting things to talk about. Of course, it's always exciting for us to talk to our guests. But before we get on with uh, chatting about you and your career, we always like to start out with a little bit of a laugh. So tell us, what was the last thing that made you laugh out loud? 
So I'm going to tell you about the last thing that really made me laugh, fall to my knees funny. Oh, and I'm going to I'm going to give the spoiler alert that no people or animals were injured in the telling of this tale. So that's that's the spoiler. So back in October, when going out to sunny Huntington Beach for the Comp Laude conference, my husband and I made a weekend of it on the front end. And we went out to Newport Beach where we'd uh -huh. never been before. And Newport Beach is lovely. And anytime I can get on a beach, I am happy. And on Saturday morning of the weekend before the conference, we were on the beach walking and my husband yells out to me, there's a cat on the beach. And I said, what? You're talking about a cat by the beach. And he said, no, there's a cat on the beach. I said, no way. And I turned around and I saw what I've never seen in my whole life, a cat on the beach, on the sand near the water. Now, this cat was not just any cat. This cat had on a harness and an Apple identification tag. So this cat is a, a pet cat that is hanging out on the beach. And I've seen lots of dogs on the beach. They love to run. You know, they love to walk. I've never seen a cat on the beach. Well, this cat was very friendly, ran up to us. We're, you know, petting on the cat. Cat's purring. Cat runs away. We're continuing our walk. And then I look out of the side of my eye and I see the cat. The cat has been stalking us and is going, laying low, hunched down, tail starting to twitch and sees my husband and thinks this is going to be fun. Well, my husband spoils the moment, looks at the cat in the eye, and then it's not going to be fun anymore. So we watch the cat. We will look around at the scenery and a jogger is coming by and the jogger is, you know, got the, the AirPods in, you know, listening to music, got a great pace going, does not see this cat. And in the jogger's defense, who's going to expect to see cat on the beach? Not me, not the jogger. Well, the cat sees the jogger and the jogger is the target. The cat hunches back down like the cat was when my husband was uh, was walking by. Cat's eyes get big, tail gets to twitching and the cat pounces at the jogger. The jogger looks around startled, you know, kind of off of off of his game, because again, who's expecting to see the cat on the beach? Stumbles a little bit, recovers though, goes about his pace, but looking around to say, did this just happen? The cat takes off, jumps on a picnic table that's set up and gets a treat from its owner. Never seen anything like it in my oh, life. It my was hilarious. <laughs> Too bad you didn't videotape that. That would be a, a really awesome TikTok. It was fascinating. Not the cat's first experience. And I guarantee not the last <laughs> that is too funny <laughs> somebody's got a, a warped sense of humor <laughs> they sure do they sure do but luckily this day as i gave away the spoiler no one was injured no one was so injured. it was a, it was a pretty good saturday <laughs> well that's good i have seen some interesting things on california beaches being from florida you know i still have to say florida beaches are my favorite um, but I've seen some really interesting things on California beaches. I got to say. 
things you wouldn't expect. Definitely not expect. Yeah, I can't talk about the things that I've seen, unfortunately, because it would be for for mixed company. <laughs> we'll just talk about the cat. Cats are fun. That was a really great story, Jennifer. Thanks for sharing. Um, so it sounds like you guys got a really good laugh out of that. It's really funny. So, you know, in our podcast, we typically try to navigate, you know, what did you study in school and college and how did you end up in the industry and stuff like that? So we're going to start with that. What did you study in college? You know, what, what did you want to be when you grew up? Sure. That's a that's a great question. So when I went to college, I wanted to be a journalist. That was my my goal. I was an editor of my high school newspaper and wanted to to be in print journalism when I went to when I went to college. And I actually double majored in international relations and history with a minor in political science. And the reason I took that path with journalism is the school that I went to Salem College, which is the oldest continuous women's um, education, women's college in the United States. And when I was at Salem, one of the great features they had was a lecture series with different types of disciplines within the school. They would bring in experts to be able to talk to the students. And the students had opportunities to engage, interact, spend time with the speakers. And I was most fortunate because one of the lecture series I was able to attend had a husband and wife team from the Washington Post and the Boston Globe. And I asked them, what was your path? What would you recommend? What would you, now that you're in your career, what have you learned that you would share with someone that wants to have a similar path? And hands down, they shared, go to law school. That's what you need to do is to go to law school. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to law school, not having any idea what that was going to going to entail. And so I had in my mind, law school is going to be my path. Journalism is going to be my destination. And at Salem College, in addition to this amazing lecture series, they also have something that's a bit un unusual, a bit different from the most schools where their semester, their fall semester ends in December, but their spring semester does not start until February. And that's because they have for the month of January, a program called January term. And there are different options that can happen during that month, um, travel abroad, there's independent studies, there's opportunities for internships and externships. And when I was at Salem College, after I'd made this determination that I was gonna go to law school for journalism, I interned at a very small law office um, where the practitioner was a solo practitioner and did general practice. And I had an opportunity through that experience to learn a little bit more about how the legal system worked, learned a little bit more about what lawyers do. And I was able to really see the impact that he made in the lives of his clients and in the legal community through being able to go to court. And what really appealed to me during this experience was that ability to make an impact, to give back, advocacy. And as a result, it affirmed for me that I wanted to go to law school, but I decided I wanted to focus my approach when the time came to being a practitioner as opposed to journalism, as I originally thought when I decided to, to go to law school. 
Very interesting. It really is. So, Jennifer, we'll share with you as we have talked to so many of our leaders in our comp industry, one of the most amazing things to us is the background, right? That each of the folks and how they got here. And, and you are just the perfect example once again, right? That I don't think we've had a journalist. Have we, Yvonne? What do you think? I was thinking when she said that, I don't think we have. Yeah. Yeah. We've had scientists, we've had engineers, we've had, I mean, anthropologists, anthropologists. we've got all kinds of things like it, it. We really are. What an amazing industry. The the background of each of the folks, right. That we get to work with every day. Pretty incredible. It so, really is. There, there are just so many amazing leaders in the industry that have joined the podcast and that come from such incredible backgrounds that I think really helps make our industry, the workers' compensation industry, very diverse and helps you know bring the voice to all aspects through having various experiencing experiences and paths to uh, to get into the industry. Yeah, it tickles us. We just talked about this recently, Ralph and I, about how. It's really amazing when you sit back and think about, you know, when we think back on the conversations we've had and the people that we know and how they've come together from all this vast, just different um, perspectives and how they ended up where, where we are today in the industry. It's really quite fascinating. So you obviously went to law school and then what, how did you get into the workers comp side of things? How did that happen? That's a that is a great question. So when I was at law school, I absolutely loved advocacy, which I anticipated I would from my experience in the internship in college and really very much enjoyed pretrial procedure. I enjoyed trial advocacy. It, it just really appealed to, to me and what I was interested in doing. But I had no idea what I wanted to to do, but I was absolutely impressed um, beyond belief by the North Carolina law firm Cranfield Sumner. Mm -hmm. And when I was in law school trying to determine what I wanted to, to do, I actually at the time received a job offer for another firm in another part of the state where I would be doing at the time what was referred to as general liability um, that would not involve workers' compensation mm -hmm. specifically, but I would have an opportunity to dabble in workers' compensation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that opportunity was given to me. I was able to work on some workers' compensation claims from the defense perspective. My entire background has been defense um, mm -hmm. perspective. I was able to work in that role and, and I really enjoyed it. It appealed to me the relationships that I was able to build with my clients, with risk mm -hmm. managers, adjusters, with team leaders. And I just had a bit of a taste of it at that time. And my my law firm, Cranfield Sumner, was hiring and they needed an associate attorney in workers' compensation in their Raleigh office, which is everything I wanted to do. I wanted to be at that firm. I wanted to be in Raleigh, the mm. capital, and I wanted to do workers' compensation defense. And I applied for the position and was incredibly humbled to uh, be offered, offered the job where I was able to join and had received from the very beginning 
and continue to receive the full support to be able to develop those relationships um, with my clients to be able to help them with their matters, to be able to educate them about the system and to be able to you know, make the best decisions that they can for their team members, for the injured workers and for their programs. Very nice. So, Ralph, you want to jump in here? I love that. I just love that because very seldom, right, do we find folks that from the very beginning have sort of stayed with the same firm, Mm -hmm. have grown through that firm and have, you know, slowly but surely, you know, blossomed and and look at you now. So I love that. What an an amazing story for you personally and for the firm as well, because I I think it, it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Thank you. And and I have to add to it how how I am so incredibly fortunate as well, because now with my role at the firm, I'm able to help mentor and I'm able to help advise some of our younger associates, our younger attorneys, and to help bring them along, which is incredibly rewarding to be able to be a resource as well as to be an advocate and a champion for our younger folks as they learn learn the ropes and they find their own ways to be able to grow in the firm. That's incredibly rewarding to me. So I, that's oh go ahead. I was gonna say I cannot picture picture you, Jennifer, as anything but that, right? Like a, a nurturing, uh someone that the associates look up to, you know, someone that has, you know, has the experience, been through the ropes and now gives it right back, right? And 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 is able to help and mentor young associates. I just it, it, in my brain, I cannot imagine you as anything but that in that particular role. I love oh, that. Thank you. That that means the world to me, Ralph, because that that with helping the younger associates and then the relationships that I'm able to build with my clients, those are the most rewarding parts of my job. That's what gets me out of bed every day is knowing that I can be there to help, you know, these folks any way that I'm able. So I appreciate that very much. You got it. So tell us a little bit more about what it is. So uh, keeping along with that um, sort of line of thinking, you know, we have said before on our on our podcast that we hope that we have some young listeners and we have had a few come up to us and, and mention that they have listened and they enjoy it. But we hope that we have young listeners who are maybe thinking about their career and maybe they haven't heard about workers' compensation. Maybe they haven't heard about um, a lot of the things that we do. And so we're trying to have uh, a little bit of some detail about what the different facets of all the different roles are in the industry. So tell us what a day in the life of a defense attorney looks like so that we can share with our listeners about that. Absolutely. It it very much is like a juggler is a good way to uh, a good way to describe it with no day is the same. But I, I would say one of the great aspects is there's nothing boring. No two days are exactly the same. You can have the best laid plans of what you're going to do for your day, and it's never going to work out that way, which is one thing that I really like in in as long as I've been doing comp 16 years now as a defense attorney, I have never gotten bored. I've never felt complacent. There's always a challenge in front of you. And a typical day, one aspect that is always the same that I very much enjoy is the opportunity to communicate with my clients. I'm going to 
do that every day, no matter what happens. And I love that because I have some folks that I've worked with for 16 years mm. and it's incredible just to have gotten to know them and to see, see their career paths, to know them as people and to see their lives in the, the marriages, births of children, you know, grandchildren, unfortunate losses and challenges. And I know that I'm going to, commu- we're going to be on the phone or we're going to email that's going to happen every day. And I love that. I love connecting with them. Then it's going to depend in terms of, am I in a hearing? Am I going to be at an evidentiary hearing on behalf of my client? Am I going to be at an oral argument appellate hearing on behalf of my client? Am I going to be in a deposition? I'm taking testimony from a physician, possibly on causal relationship to determine whether an injury is compensable, possibly on recommended medical treatment for the injury or return to work issues. Or am I going to find myself, you know, reviewing, um, I do much more reviewing now of, of documents and um, working on analysis for my clients. It, it's going to depend on what's needed in terms of what happens. If I'm not going to be in court or a deposition or a mediation, an opportunity to resolve a case, then the then my day is going to be spent on the phone with my clients, email with clients, on the phone or email with um, petitioner attorneys for the injured workers. That's pretty much how I'll, I'll spend my day from a very early morning start to a late uh, late evening um, in time for the day, just depending on what I need to get accomplished for my client, for my case, and what might pop up that my clients need assistance with as well. That's awesome. So no two days alike. I, I, that's somewhat I, something I can say about my role too. No two days are ever alike. And that's something that I like um, quite a lot. It always keeps it interesting is, is, and I find that to be incredibly rewarding. I, I thought early on in my career that I would very much enjoy having a, a large project for the day, if you will. And I learned quickly that that was not the case. I'd much rather be able to have many projects mm. and to be able to, to work over here on this and then work over here on that. Again, a juggler, if you will, which, which I think works so well because it keeps it interesting and it gives the opportunity opportunity for some immediate assistance to to clients. I'll have a client who will call me and ask an opinion on something. And I very much enjoy the opportunity to talk with them, catch up, and then to to feel like I'm able to assist that we're by the time we get off of the call, I hope that I have delivered what the client needs in order to be able to address the concern or the question that they had when they called. And that's always, always really nice to be able to have that connection and hopefully be able to have that assistance provided immediately to them. Awesome. Well, and something kind of big happened recently. It did. It very much did. You sort of (laughs) mentioned that you were in the area for a particular event. So tell us about your Comp Laude experience, Jennifer. 
Oh my goodness. I, I am still shocked. I, I can't, I just can't express to you and Ralph how incredibly honored and grateful and humbled. And I might even tear up thinking Aww. about it because it, it's just such an incredible, incredible honor um, to have, have been selected as the defense attorney of the year winner for 2022. Um, this just has absolutely meant the world to me because as I've shared, I've, I've spent my entire career in the workers' compensation industry. I've worked as a defense attorney, which has been a, a true privilege um, to be able to, to do and to be recognized within the industry that I love so very much, you know, for the work at, in my role as a defense attorney is is just incredible to say the least. And it was an amazing conference. I, I was I was shocked. I was just so incredibly honored to have been nominated. That that just meant the world to me. And then when I was selected as a finalist, that was that was the cherry on top. That was perfect. Mm -hmm. And and then to have heard my name called for the award, wow, that was beyond words, beyond words. Well, you looked, you were, you looked amazing. Um, I remember watching you walk up and you had a beautiful dress on and smiling from ear to ear. And it was a, a great pleasure and joy. Um, uh, I can't even remember. This is embarrassing. I can't remember it, who, which one of us, whether it was Ralph or me that handed you the award. Oh no, it, no. it was Ralph, right? It was Ralph. Exactly. We had a wonderful, we had a wonderful moment and a wonderful picture, a picture together. But Yvonne, you said such incredibly kind things. Oh. Um, and, and I just am so, so grateful for that. This is, as I share, just a, a true, true career highlight. And, and it just, it means, it means the world just to, to, again, to have been nominated meant the world and to actually have been selected was well, I, I always tell everybody and, you know, the reason I can't recall is because I, I think I hugged on everybody that came by. So it's hard to remember. Did I give the award? Did Ralph give the award? I don't remember. It was all a blur, but it was well, all very, very nice. Well, and that was the great thing, too, is it's my understanding that this was the first year where all of the winners were in attendance, which meant that there was a lot of hugging to it do was. on a lot of people, which it is pretty was. incredible. It was an incredible year on many fronts. Uh, it was the first year that, so Ralph and I had done it, um, you know, had presented the awards last year in a virtual setting. And it has been three years since this, you know, from this was the first year in three years since we had done the whole event in person. And then, yes, it was, in fact, the first time that we had all the winners present. And we had, I mean, almost all of the finalists were even there. There were only a handful of finalists missing. So it was a pretty big year. It was a fantastic conference. It was so Aww. just wonderful to be able to catch up with folks in person and meet new people. And it, it was just amazing. And the the discussions during the conference were absolutely outstanding. It, it and was you just, just and you helped fantastic. you helped with that as well. So thank you. What I always like to point out for listeners that have not ever been to a Comp Laude event. So I want to make sure everybody understands this uh, event that we host, WorkComp Central is a host, and we put forward the nomination platform, but it's really the peers in the industry. It's people from the industry that are on our advisory board that make up a lot of these stakeholder roles that we talk about that are the ones that are talking to the individual nominees and applying the scoring at different levels. And so I always like to call it um, you know, you're recognized by your peers. It's, it's one of the, I think it's the only 
industry award that is like that, where um, the award is decided upon by the colleagues that you work with and the peers that you work with. So I think that makes it even more meaningful. Ralph, what are your thoughts? It does. I, I'm going to get emotional because I'm so incredibly proud of you, Jennifer. I, um, I have been such a fan for so long. For me, you are just the kind of the epitome, if you will, of, of you know, uh, I would say a, a new brand of lawyering, right? Um, so decent, so wonderful, always helpful. Uh, you're just your presence. Uh, you're such a great representative of our industry. And so I'm it is it is always such an honor to see bright, intelligent, good, solid folks who are doing right to be recognized and to be awarded and and to you know to highlight that. So I I love doing this with you, and I I just and I did I embraced you and I I I, I got emotional about it because I'm just so incredibly proud of you and everything that you continue to do. Um, you're such a leader in our industry. I've known you as that for a long while. So for me, like what a what a moment, right? To be able to see you and 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 you look beautiful that day in beautiful California. It was an incredible night, right? The the sun was coming down. I mean, it was absolutely perfect. So what a moment. What an incredible moment. I'll never forget it. It was. It was absolutely perfect. And thank, thank you so much, Ralph, for those incredibly kind words and, and thoughtful words. It, it just it was a true honor and one one of the best days and evenings ever. And certainly, uh, certainly incredibly memorable. And I, I just can't express my appreciation um, to to the folks who nominated me and supported me and, and thought of me as a, a leader in the industry in the defense attorney category. As I, as I mentioned, it just a, a true, true highlight and, and means the world to me. Well, I have had the opportunity to work with you on a few occasions, and I always walk away feeling very uh, grateful that I did have that opportunity. So um, with that, I mean, can you believe it? It's already time to wrap this episode. It always happens. We start and then it's time to stop. So wait a come on now. I, wait, I just got started loving her. Come on. <laughs> I keep telling you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to mitigate those loves, Ralph, you know? <laughs> so there is one question though we have left to ask. So Ralph, would you like to ask the question? Uh, yeah. So give us some juicy, something that the rest of the world doesn't know about Jennifer. Give me some way fun outside the box something that no one out there knows about you okay that's that's a tough one that's a tough one but i i think i know and i have to preface this with so as i've shared during our time together today i absolutely love my relationships with my clients and i make it a point of being available and accessible as much as I can so that I can be there to help them with their questions and, and with their needs and concerns. And in order to do that, I typically have my, my iPhone right with me so that it, I can take a call, I can check an email. Well, my one of my very favorite things to do in the world, guilty pleasures, because it involves not having my phone. So this is really juicy. Not having my phone with me <laughs> is to go to the beach, to walk on the beach, and I hunt sea glass. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have my phone with me, which is one of the the exciting, um, scandalous parts of going uh, of doing this because I'm I'm not accessible when I do. But I spend however long, you know, sometimes half an hour, sometimes a few hours, you know, walking the beach, staring down, hunting for sea glass, and I love this because it's it's the thrill of the hunt. You never know what you're going to see if you're going to find any sea glass to start with because it all depends on the tide. It depends on the weather. There's so many factors. And then you never know what you're going to find if you're going to locate just an amazing old piece or an unusual color. You're never quite sure. And I just love it. I love to just be there in nature, walking, hunting, seeing what I can find and then collecting it. And most people don't know that. That's a a top, top secret um, information to share. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I share that uh, passion with you. I have several jars of sea glass at home that I collect. As a matter of fact, when I went to visit my daughter in Italy last year, we were in um, Cinque, Cinque Terre. It is the bomb for sea glass. So if you get to Italy, you got to go. Oh, that sounds amazing, Yvonne. I would love to see some pictures of your collection. And I will have to put that on my list because that is just one of my very favorite things to, to do. So we, we, we share that for sure. So I don't know. I haven't quite decided. I don't know enough about sea glass, but um, the, a lot of the beaches in Italy are rocky. So I don't know if it's that makes the sea glasses very smooth and it has that really matte finish. I have a feeling it's because of the rock. I'm not 100% sure. You're exactly correct, because generally speaking, the smoother the sea glass is, the older it is. It tends to be cloudy and smooth. But if it's in an area where it's incredibly rocky, then it may not be as old. But the rocks are what helps change that texture over time. And that, in in my opinion, is the best glass, the smooth glass, the cloudy glass. Mm-hmm. I've got my I've got my next trip planned. I love it. OK, Ralph, what's your opinion on this topic? Huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> You guys, I'm wondering how in the world did we get talking about? <laughs> Come with us, Ralph. We'll all go to Italy and hunt sea glass. Let's let's make a plan. <laughs> I'm going to Italy, but to eat all pasta, mangia pasta. We'll eat and hunt sea glass. We can do both. We can we, do we'll it all. Have, see, we need to hunt the sea glass to work off the wonderful food. There you go. It's a win-win. We're multitasking. I love it. I love oh, it. Jennifer, this has been fun. I, I like we always say, Ralph and I say we could do this for hours with our guests. We love you all. We love you. I love you. <laughs> I get accused of not saying I love you enough. So, oh, well, I'm I appreciate that. And I love you, Yvonne. I love you, Ralph. Love you both. And, and as I shared, I'm just so appreciative and, and honored to join you today. Thank you so much for inviting me on your award-winning Deconstructing Comp podcast. This is That's fantastic. Right. That's right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Ralph, any, any parting last words? Just love it. Love it. Love it all. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for your leadership. You mean the world to us. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at both of you. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. It's been great talking to you. Hasta luego. You too. Thank you. Damas y caballeros, gracias por estar con nosotros hoy en Deconstructing Comp, un podcast sobre workers' compensation. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Deconstructing Comp. 
a podcast about workers' compensation. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to give us a rating and a review so others can find us too. Find us on LinkedIn at Rafael Gonzalez or Yvonne Guibert. Also, look for us on Twitter at DeconstructComp. Hasta luego!